Gracious Father, we come before you now, Lord, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would just guide and lead us, Lord, through the day, Lord, through the topic this morning, through the, the worship, Lord, and through the preaching of the word. May you be glorified and lifted up in all things, Lord. Help, help us to get our human side out of the way, to Lord, let your divine presence flow through to the hearts of the people, Lord. Anoint your word, make it alive, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start speaking on the cares of this life and uh, looking at it in the, in, in the realm of distraction or stewardship, or both, I guess you could say. So you've probably all read that scripture, but we'll read it together. Amen. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. Amen. Be seated. So how many know the definition of the word surfeiting? Well, I, I do now, but when I read it, uh, when I read this, I definitely was like, like what is surfeiting? It's not surfing. Um, so don't worry, Brother Travis, if you're listening in. <laughs> It's, it's something completely different. It speaks, with, it speaks of carousing. It would be one of the words that we have. It means to have a noisy, loud time while drinking alcohol. So basically, it means going to a British pub is pretty much what, what that is right there. And so uh, the word overcharged means to be burdened or weighed down, or it even can speak of being dulled. So Jesus is warning them. You know, if we look at the larger context of this, he's speaking about the coming of the Messiah, the end times, and he's saying, you know, it's really a warning for believers of every age, because no matter what age you're living in, whether it was the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you're supposed to be living in, in a way that he could come at any moment. And under expectation that he's going to come at any moment, that the rapture is going to take place. And so, but it really uh, even further and more deeply applies to the seventh church age and even more, even more so the end of the, that seventh church age. We, these are the things Jesus is speaking of that can prevent us from living our lives with anticipation an expectation for the Lord to appear in the rapture. Amen. And so he's saying, don't let your hearts be dulled, Amen. burdened, weighed down with what? We're supposed to carry a burden in our heart, the burden of the word of the Lord, a burden for God's people, yeah. a burden for prayer, but not a burden because we've been going to, to the bar and dr drinking and partying hard. That's not the kind of burdens that we're supposed to carry. Those types of burdens, honestly, it's a very ostentatious, obvious, and for most Christians, a very much avoidable burden that is not likely to weigh down the heart of a, a believer of the message. Now, it could, but when we're talking about sins that trouble us as message believers, 
followers of the word of this day, it's, that doesn't make the top of the list, drunkenness and partying. For many of us, there's no appeal. There's no desire there. But then Jesus goes to something else that can easily impact all of us, and he says, the cares of this life. And I think in this, in this time that we're living in, this is the biggest thing that can weigh us down. Again, overcharged, burdened, weighed down, dulled. Dulled is probably my favorite way to define that because that's just what this the Laodicean age does to us. Amen. It dulls us. That's Satan's purpose. He, he knows he's not going to deceive the elect, though he tries, but he's certainly going to do everything he can to bring us to that lukewarm, dull condition. Amen. And so don't be overcharged with burdens and cares of this life. So what does that mean? What are the cares of this life? So are we not supposed to care at all? No, it's not in that sense. This word care is speaking of anxiety or worry. So anxiety or worry over the things of this life can lead us to a place where our hearts are dull. So what, are, what is the cares, what are the worries of this life? Let's, let's think about that for a minute. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than raiment and the body more than meat? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows you have need of them. So this is speaking of the cares of this life. Brother Branham says in the uh, trumpet gives an uncertain sound, grant, Lord, that those who have never come will find that precious freedom of being free, turned out of the cage, no more bound by the things of the, wor the world and the cares of this life, but has been made free in Christ. Grant it, Father. We can become captives in bondage to the things of the world. Yes, we get that. But also we can come, become captives and in bondage to the cares of this life. And we need to get see, free from that. The cares, it's, again, it speaks of anxieties and worries. When Jesus says, take no thought, what do you think he's telling you? Don't even think about it? <laughs> no. It's, again, this is an old English word. When they, when they said, 
I'm taking thought about this. They meant I'm worried about it. That was their expression. That was their statement. Don't, uh, don't worry. Don't have an anxious thought about it. Trust. Trust the Lord. Trust he'll take care of you. At the same time, we can become captives to those things of this life. How do we become captives? When we put our focus completely on them, when we seek those things first, and, and, and when we let that turn into anxiety and fear. The, the devil works through anxiety and fear. God works through faith. So again, this, these, this series of verses misinterpreted creates monasteries and creates super spiritual people that are in such a condition where they don't even think about food and they're just they're mooching off everybody else and you, you see what I'm saying is you, you can take those things and say take no thought for that and the next thing you know you don't work you've refused to work you're just you're just in prayer all the time um, you're just so spiritual and the, the reality is you're not being spiritual at all because you're not doing the will of God So Jesus speaks of food, he speaks of clothes, and he speaks of water. These are basic necessities of life. He doesn't add a roof over our heads, but I'll just go ahead and say for our day and age, that's one of the things that we seek after. We need these things. These are not light things. They're not unimportant. You can't survive without these things. Um, you know, some people can survive better than others without a roof over their heads, but <laughs> if you're like me, you need a roof over your head. Amen. And so the Bible actually commands us to think about and plan for food, clothes, shelter, water, and work. You, re you realize it's not telling you don't think about it. Right. Oh, I'm thinking about my job. Stop that. I was thinking about what I'm gonna, what, where I'm going to get my water. Don't think. That's not what it's telling. It's don't worry. Don't be in fear over it. Right. That's what's forbidden is anxiety. We're commanded to trust God for his provision yeah. and then take the steps that he commands us to take to be sure that they're taken care of. Proverbs 6 verse 1 and if you can pull up the um, NLT on that version there Josh be great my child if you have put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger if you've trapped yourself by your arrangement agreement and are caught by what you said Follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now, swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do it. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. In the KJV, it says you sluggard. Learn from their ways and become wise. 
Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So it's clear this, this is speaking of hard work, careful forethought, planning, preparation, saving, looking towards the future, understanding when you, in those days, when winter came, for them, it, for them in, in, in the lands of the Bible, it was rainy season. So that wasn't a time for harvest and for, for growing ver- crops very well. So they were to work hard during that dry season, the summer, so that when it came to that time, they had food in store. And, and they were supposed to give. They were supposed to give their first fruits. They were supposed to tithe. These were things that God expected of them. He didn't say, just sit and wait for things to work out. He told them to work, make preparation, and put things in store. And, and he con- they, the Bible condemns laziness, and it commends hardworking, forethought, and saving. Proverbs 21, verse 5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty short, shortcuts lead to poverty. The, the desire to get rich quick is condemned by the Bible. What, what is encouraged? Plan, plan ahead, and hard work. That's what's encouraged by the Bible. Proverbs 24, 27. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. In other words, get your job figured out. Get a job, work hard, get everything re- make things ready, then buy a house. Yeah, Don't worry about, well, I got to get a house, I got to get this taken care of, and then I'll find a job. That's not scriptural. Plan, prepare, buy a house. <laughs> or rent a house, whatever you, whatever you need to do. The point being is the Bible is teaching us to take thought, not to worry, to plan. Proverbs 10, verse 4. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Again, you can see what the Bible is encouraging and speaking of. Proverbs 13.11, and I'm going to read it from the ESV. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Little by little. Save up every month. Save for emergencies. Save for the future. Be careful. Be wise. Proverbs 21, 18. If you want to switch back to the uh, KJV there. I said 21, 18. 28, 18. 
Whoever walks in integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. You see, again, it's, it's hard work. It's planning, it's forethought, it's integrity, honesty, truthfulness. These are the things that will put, give you success in your life. Now, Proverbs 21, verse 20. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spends it up. There, uh, there again. There's treasure. There's save. Another way we could say there's a savings. There's storage of oil in the dwelling of the wise. Why? Because he's carefully planned and thought ahead and put things aside for the future. But a foolish man, he just spends everything that he has. It's essentially what that's saying. So the Bible is telling us it's not wise to live paycheck to paycheck. Some of us have to. Some of us do. We do our best, but we do our best to work towards the place where, okay, we can save a little bit every month. We can put, put aside for emergencies. The, the Bible is giving us very practical and wise steps to take. It's not giving us super spiritual, just pray and wait in your room until gold, a bag of gold hits you in the head. That's not what God, that's not how it works. That's not what God wants. He wants diligence. Whether you're a preacher or a laborer or a business owner, a farmer, an IT person, a manager, whatever work you do, it's telling you to work hard. You should be the best worker. You should be the most favored person. You should all be Joseph at, the, at your job. You might not be the, the, the CEO you might, be on the, you might be on the lowest level, but your boss should look and say, this person, I can trust them. They have integrity. They're honest. They work hard. And God, will, God can bless that. But if you're lazy and just go there and just expect everyone to take care of you, how can God bless that? He can't. He never will. So when we're talking about take no thought, it's not a super spiritual statement. It's literally telling, don't worry about it. But I, what if I have this? I don't know if I can do this. Do the things that God told you to do and let him take care of the rest. If you don't have a job, that your full-time job is to look for a job. It's these, these simple, simple things. They're not, it's not complicated. It's not complex. I understand that there's other situations and circumstances. There's sicknesses. There's all these different things that happen in people's lives. Nevertheless, the principle stands Whatever position or place you find you're in, yourself in, you work hard, you do your best to prepare for the future as best you can, but you don't, you don't go in that preparation for the future. You don't store up barns and say like the man say, oh soul, take your rest. See, that's, getting, that's out of balance. There's a balance in this. You can come to this place where you think so much about it, what's the next step? That's, that's your God. You cannot serve God and money. So the Bible is very clear. 
We're to work hard, be diligent. We're to avoid laziness. We're to get a job and make a plan before buying a home or renting a home. We're, pl we're to plan ahead for expenses. We're to save for the future. We're to save for emergencies. We're to save little by little every month, and we're to avoid trying to get rich quickly. Amen. The wise do these things. That's what, the, that's what the Bible shows us. The foolish don't do these things. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. For it, even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Amen. In other words, keep your mouth shut, do your job, and make provision for yourself and for your family. If you, another scripture says if you don't provide for your own, you're worse than an infidel. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 again, verse 33 and 34. Let's go, let's go now to, to the, how do we balance this out? We have responsibilities, we have stewardship, we have things we have to do in this life, but they're not supposed to become our God. They're not supposed to be our primary focus, right? We're not, we're not supposed to Seek those things first. What are we supposed to seek first? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. All these things are what? What did he say? Food, water, raiment. And I'll just add, as a result of that, you'll also have a place to live. <laughs> seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So that's, that should be our first approach, our first vision, our first priority. Verse 34, take therefore no anxious thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Many times I looked at this verse and I approached it in the sense of just don't even think about tomorrow, just think about today. Well, how do you do that when the Bible's telling you to save, <laughs> put aside for when winter comes? Amen. You know, it, it's take no anxious thought for the morrow. You're, you're borrowing trouble. You're wor what, what is worrying? It's faith misapplied. Yeah. You're, it's imagination misapplied. You're imagining negative things could happen. Well, God, did God provide for today? Then you can trust to provide for tomorrow. But that doesn't erase the rest of the commandments of the Bible. Don't get so spiritual that you erase important commands of obedience to the word. Amen. If you trust God and obey God, then you'll seek his will in every decision that you make. You'll work hard. You'll give to others. You'll plan ahead. You'll save for the future. You'll take care of your family. Those things are actually being obedient to God. When you don't work hard, when you don't save for the future, when you don't plan ahead, um, 
when you don't give, that's, you're being disobedient. It's very, it's very plain through Scripture. However, again, you can easily get out of balance and say, well, I'm just being obedient to God, putting my whole focus on work and all this stuff. No, that's not scriptural. That's not balance. You put God first in everything. Amen. The job that you do, the work that you do, you don't put that before God. You put God first. If, so if, in other words, if it comes between your work and worshiping God on Sunday, you say, I choose worshiping the Lord in church on Sunday. Amen. Right? Amen. You know, you, you don't, one compromise, I promise you, one compromise in that will lead to many, many more compromises in that until you have no boundaries and no balance in your life. Start out right in your job. There's no, I remember one time I, I started the job, had a boss said, you don't have to work Sunday. Then we got a new manager and said, everyone has to work uh, every day of the week. And we're open on Sunday, so you have to work. I said, no, I, I don't. She said, absolutely you do. Everyone else does. I'm a Christian. I don't work on Sundays. We're all Christians. I said, okay, that's fine, but you understand, it's not that I don't want to work on Sunday. I don't work on Sunday. So if you put me on the schedule for Sunday and I don't show up and you fire me, you'll be firing me because I'm a Christian. And he immediately, she backpedaled and immediately said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to persecute you. You don't have to work on Sunday. It's fine. But if I would have just said, oh, man, she's putting pressure. Oh, man. No, no pressure from a human being overrides the pressure that God is putting on me. It never should. If you put God first, he'll take care of you. Even if you were to get fired from that job, the Lord will give you something equal or better. Mark 4, verse 18 and 19. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So there we are. You have, a, you have a choice. You can seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then God will take care of your needs, or you can take it into your own hands and say, you know what, I'm not going to seek the kingdom of God first. I'm going to take it into, in my own hands. But what are you doing? You're choking the word. Yeah, amen. When the management of our affairs, the property, finances, etc., comes to the state, that we can no longer be good stewards of them and, and also be seeking the kingdom of God first, it's time to start selling property, it's time to start giving away finances, it's, start, it's time to start doing whatever is necessary. Cut your, pluck your eye out, cut your hand off in order to put the kingdom of God first. Whatever it is, a job that's making you put the job before God, quit the job, sell the company. It's that serious. It should be that serious. Yeah. Those things cannot come before God. Those things, what, is the Bible, what does the Bible say? They dull. Your heart becomes dulled by the cares of this world. What does a dull heart do? It doesn't have connection with God. Yeah. 
what else is it? It becomes lukewarm, becomes weak in faith. And what is it leading towards? It's leading towards shipwreck. Where is, your prayer, where is our prayer life? Let's, act that, let's, let's ask that question. Where is our walk with God compared to seeking after the needs, physical needs that we have and our family has? It shouldn't, the other things shouldn't come before that, before God. We put him first. Many times we go, we go, 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 go for time and we add on, add on, add on and get to the place where like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not putting time, I'm not putting God first in my morning. I'm not putting God first in my day. I've got so much responsibility. Okay, f- fine, you got there. Have I gotten there? Many times. So you stop, you take some time to stop. If you have to get away, if you have to throw your phone in the river, whatever you need to do, do it so you can reassess where you're at and say, okay, this is subtracted, this is subtracted, this is gone, this is gone, because I can't seek God first when I have all of this. Or maybe it's not as many things as I mentioned, maybe it's just one thing. But reassess it, and no matter what it is, you, you put God first. I don't think it's going to be your family. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be quitting a job altogether, although you may need to quit a job in order to do it if it's making you work on Wednesdays and Sundays. But usually it's reassessing your priorities and saying, okay, this is how it needs to happen moving forward. God wants us to be good stewards, but he doesn't want that to become our God. He wants to be our God. So let's, let's stand and pray. Brother Branham says this in Enticing Spirits. He says, give me a preacher, give me a Christian, Give me a housewife that's a Christian. Give me a farmer or a factory worker that will put God first in everything. I'll show you a man will be successful in spite of all the devil can put on him. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord, and our, our desire. I'm lifting my hand to you and saying, Lord, I want to put you first in everything. Lord, cleanse our hearts and cleanse our minds. Help us to reassess things, Lord, and and order our lives so that you're first in all things. We ask, Lord, that you be with us today. Bless the musicians, song leader, preaching, uh, booth, every believer here, Lord. May your Holy Spirit guide and direct each one, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.